heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? What are the horses to follow? The forgetful runs, the stories. On Racing Pulse, bring on David Gately. Welcome back to Racing Pulse. And as we've been saying throughout the morning, we are live here from magnificent Ballarat. Uh, there is a big vet conference which is occurring a little later today. And we're counting down to the Ballarat Cup meeting on Saturday. But we also need to look back with Gators post-mortem after what was the official spring finale in town anyway with the Zipping Classic meeting at Caulfield on Saturday. David Gately joins us. How are you, Gator? I'm well, thank you, Michael. What do you make of the day overall? Well, uh, obviously, it, it's tough to um, line... Look, my, one of my favourite things to do in, in reviewing a meeting is, is lining up the times on the day. But when you get a deteriorating track like that, it, it's a non-event. It's just totally pointless. But um, look, as far as actual racing was concerned, it was, you know, was strong. We had a lot of horses at the top of the market that just didn't handle um, the unseasonable wet track. So... It was a decent forgive file for a few of those, but um, overall, good racing off the inside late in the day, which I think punters uh, expected and and can tolerate a lot better than, than a mad leader's track. On your ratings and figures, how much did you feel the track deteriorated from race one to the end of the day with that persistent rain? Yeah, well, I mean, looking at, um, at uh, just at some of the figures and, um, you know, look, they were... They were pretty um, pretty high, put it that way. So you've got a Twilight Glow Stakes, apparently run 11.5 lengths above average, then an Eclipse Stakes 13 lengths above. When you're seeing things like that, um, you know, the, the gut feeling is perhaps the track was a little more rain-affected than the rating, but, uh, look, everyone's doing their best, and it is tough to... Uh, to uh, you know, monitor that through the course of the day, isn't it? So I'm just being a little. I'm, I'm, look, I'm treating the, the the meeting with trepidation as far as times go, but trusting the eye, which is often a better weapon anyway. Uh, the the win of military mission was was dominant in the zipping classic, and look, he was probably a forgotten about runner on the day. He got out to thirteen dollars, and he was he was really good in the Melbourne Cup. He was good in the Herbert Power. So. Was that one that we just let get under our guard on Saturday? Oh, look, uh, probably. I think if you told me pre-meeting it'd be a soft seven near a heavy eight, you know, you'd, you'd probably have him higher up. But um, mm. what I also didn't predict was him coming from last in a fast run race, you know. I sort of had him up near the speed um, and perhaps being vulnerable um, later in the race. But, gee, new tactics, clear last, came the widest, ran over them. He won running away. A really strong speed set by Deny Knowledge helped that. They did go 11 lengths above uh, all averages, that first section. So there was no loafing. Um, and he was simply the strongest stayer. And handled the wet track a lot better than key rivals. You know, Van de Clare, he doesn't handle that sort of ground. No, nor does Muramasa. So all of a sudden, your first and, and third favourite can't win. <laughs> and um, that brings him right into it, obviously. Yeah, so Muramasa, just a total forget. Uh, we know he's had a, a wonderful campaign uh, which has continued to build. And um, Do you still have that same feeling about him that you did when you left Flemington, that he could be a contender next year after Saturday? Yeah, it depends on the race. Look, I, I'm, I'm not convinced he's a Melbourne Cup horse, but I think he's a really good second-level horse. And um, I, I, I've been a big fan all the way through, but 
I think you're looking at him being nailed along 1,200 from home, and you think he's just not handling it, and he didn't. So forget the run. Go on the previous form is my advice. Yeah, and I think there was a post-race um, report that he had a little bit of um, IPH as well, so you can totally forgive that. What do we make of Duke DeSessa, where everyone pre-race was saying this is the track that's going to suit him? He, he certainly wasn't disgraced, but um, you would have thought maybe with those conditions he could have got closer than three lengths to the winner? Yeah, look, probably. He was the one that came from the wet track, and I can see why. He's a good wet tracker, and he ran well in a Caulfield Cup, and then was competitive with Muramasa on the dry, uh, dry ground. But uh, wet track is his ride in his wheelhouse. And what he did do was go forward and sit up handy on that strong speed. So I mentioned earlier that 11 lengths above average leaves them vulnerable near that speed for those sitting back and having softer runs. And he was only beaten narrowly for second. So, look, he hasn't gone poorly. He tracked everything else, you know. Um... But military mission was just too strong for him, sitting back off that speed and um, handled the ground as well as he did. So, look, he ran well, but just didn't win. Um, overall, how do you rate this year's Sandown Guineas? Is it, again, another one with a question mark because of the, the wet track, or do we do we believe the dominance that we saw of Sarasana? Uh, yeah, I've got some queries. Um, Sarasana was a $13 chance as well, and sat up on a solid enough speed, did some early work, but they really steadied mid-race and gave a nice, strong kick and ran the mile right out. So no knock on the win. Um, what she did was, was relish the ground, whereas others perhaps didn't. And that was the theme of the day, wasn't it? You had horses like Modan, who was well in the market, drops out last turn and just doesn't handle it at all. Um, Power of the Brave was in the market, had backing court wide. And Arkansas Kid um, had to cover a lot of ground and still ran really well. So... Uh, look, I never decry winning form. It's just about rule number one. Uh, but, um, look, overall, I think if you run that race a few times on dry tracks, you get a few different results. Arkansas Kid, are you sold he can run a strong mile after Saturday? Or is he a better sprinter? No, he was good. He was uh, off midfield, three wide. He came, uh, peeled uh, wide a long way from home. Look, I know the fence was off a bit by race seven, but uh, he still had to cover a lot more ground. And Sarasana, and even the third horse, Vivier. So he kept closing. Uh, the run was good. Um, you know, Sarasana just had it a little bit softer, perhaps handed the ground a little bit better. But he beat everything else, and he beat everything else clearly as the length margin back to third. And that horse was Vivier. So um, a good performance. But again, he just wasn't in front of the end of the race. So um, you know, I think sometimes we uh, decry horses that don't win. They still run well. Um, you know, they just just haven't won. Jim, it was a good day, wasn't it, for Robbie Griffiths and Matty DeCock. King Magnus, you'd love to own a horse like King Magnus. Every time he goes to the races, he just puts in. That's a fact. He's a ripper. And he can sit back and storm home. He can sit near the speed as he is on Saturday, 1-1 one, one trail, and, and still perform. So he'll handle dry track, wet track. He'll handle slow speed or a fast speed. Just an absolute ripper. Um, he was advantaged on Saturday with the key rival, Villana, for some reason, going back off midfield in a slow-run race. But, look, Villana had the back of King Magnus and probably had his chance to get by him. But with that tempo, and King Magnus is um, uh, perhaps a little more genuine, let's say. Uh, he was too strong but won well, uh, but 10 lengths below average first section. So it wasn't a real test uh, this year's Heffern and Stakes. But um, winner was good. Unusual cultures profiling well to win a race soon. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Valana. I think he, it's a, a strained relationship with punters now. So um, what do you do moving forward with a horse like Valana? 
Yeah, well, I thought uh, the wet track would have would have um, really brought him to his best. He'd been running quite well on dry ground, um, but the general feeling, certainly my feeling, uh, is that he's a length or even two lengths better on affected ground. But you know, obviously the challenge for him uh, sitting sixth in a field of seven when they're going ten lengths below average, it's really tough mathematically from there. In saying that, King Magnus still ran a slightly faster last 200 than him. So, um, yeah, you'd have to say no matter how you slice it, he was a little disappointing uh, given the expectation and, and the price on his back off the map. It was even $1.85. So, yeah. um, didn't, uh, didn't win, but didn't run poorly, but was below what we expected and his best. Yeah, I think we saw a couple of horses that, when we look back on the results, you go, um, they are just tried and true horses. These conditions, like a King Magnus and a Just Folk, that you should have yep. been following. And, and Gavin Bedgegood's done a brilliant job with Just Folk. Yeah, has that. He's a ripper as well. And um, a real advantage for him was the rain. And, of course, ain't no deal done. I knew once we got to a soft six, there's no way they're going to run that horse. He, he's a dry tracker. Um but, yeah, we mentioned on, on Thursday, didn't we, that if it's wet, just folks, your pony. If it's dry, it's probably deal done. And the rain came. Just folks that second. He kicked off a solid speed, and they went quick that first section, so there's no loping. So, you know, he did a really good job, you know, to, to win, um, given he was the one riding that speed. And he gave second and third four kilos each. So even though he won narrowly, it's all on his winner there, I think. Yeah, Danish Fortune ran well, didn't it? The South Aussie. Yeah, it did that, and the form around that horse has been good. So just had the beautiful trail run. He's still to be good enough, and went through underneath just for just missed, um, but certainly had four kilos less and a slightly softer run. So I think the right horse won. We've been discussing earlier today the merits of the the meeting, and one of the the most promising horses to come out of it, without doubt, is Miraval Rose. Uh, that was just a a super dominant win in the Twilight Glow. Yeah, she was terrific, and she's one you can certainly take out of the meeting. Uh, she led, uh, didn't loaf, eight lengths above average, uh, strong kick, um, was bolting, and put three lengths on them, strong through the line, was backed as if unbeatable, and clearly was. And uh, You've got horses um, like Flying Fizz and Right to Party who you can tie in uh, with a 1,000 guineas. So Right to Party's lead-up run at Flemington, she didn't have much luck. She wasn't all that far off uh, the horse's two fillies at Quinella, the Group 1000 guineas. So um, gee, it's easy to make a, a good case for Miraval Rose on the clock or through form line that she's got, um, you know, she's got Group 1 potential. I thought we saw some outstanding two-year-old performances, both in Melbourne and Sydney on Saturday. We'll start with Anisa, who... Um, Took a lot of improvement out of that first run at Flemington. And it was interesting, Peter Moody, saying that he thinks he's got one of the best two-year-old teams he's ever had. And, and these are certainly going to be one of the, the top seeds. Yeah, look, it was, it was easy to, uh, to like the win, uh, given the ground. Uh, the two-year-old covers still joined in one well. I'm a bit dubious on the clock, but I'll give the figures anyway. Um, early a speed about a length above all averages. Winners last 600, nine and a half lengths above. And overall time, eight lengths above. So... If you're a believer in that, it's one of the better two-year-old performances of the season so far. Um, if you're not a believer in, in the clock, then it isn't. So can sometime we see incorrect times um, without being validated? Uh, well, it just, just depends. Like, it was soft five at that stage. So was it really a soft five? Was it a five and a half? Was it a six soon after that? I, I, look, I'm not... I don't need to get into all of that. I'm just saying treat it with a little bit of caution... Um, the clock on the day, that's all.
And then in Sydney, um, Storm Boy was expected to deliver at a dollar eighty-five, and uh, gee, I just love the strength of this galloper uh, by Justify. Yeah, terrific win. Um, ridden along a little bit to lead, so um, then was able to simply bolt in and two point three lengths to Traffic Warden, who was a bit of a trial star leading in. Didn't trial as well as Storm Boy, but was very good. Uh, look what they did to the rest of the field. That third horse, Canara, actually some decent form lines coming in the beat, earned near seven lengths. Um, time uh, useful. Again, we had a track uh, that were changed during the course of the day at Rose Hill. It was a soft six to a five. So early in the day, race one, soft six. Uh, when it's gone, last 608 lengths above all averages and overall time, 3.2 lengths above. So similar to Anisa, um plenty of substance on the clock there as well. Uh, it was just a, a, an average day in Sydney overall. They had the Starlight Stakes, Dragonstone finally getting a win. And um, just whatever Joe Pride saddles up, Stockman as well in the Christmas Cup at the moment, you just want to be on. Yeah, gee, it's a great uh, trainer to, to follow, isn't he? And um, Dragonstone was well overdue for a win, as was Stockman. But um, uh, they both performed really well. Interestingly, you know, Rose Hill had been such a an on-pace inside track all throughout the spring that, Get a bit of rain, soft six to a soft five, and the last three winners were all swoopers. Uh, Dragonstone ran a monster last 600 figure, 32 eight. Gee, not many can do that. 11 12 last 200 and stormed over the top of 100 to one pop, but he won well. Stockman came from last, and then the last one, Leggio, attended exactly the same thing. So um, just became a, a swoopers uh, track amazingly at Rose Hill, but some really strong performances and winners. and Hopefully those horses go on with it now with a bit of confidence. What do you take out of the Sydney meeting overall? Are you are you more confident about the form lines in Sydney than Melbourne, even though it was a, a slightly affected track? Oh, look, I think Melbourne was the stronger meeting by, by, by a fair margin. Um, but it's just, yeah, just a bit treacherous given the near heavy conditions there. But um, certainly this time of year, you don't see too many of those, do you? So how do we line that up next meeting? That's the challenge. But on overall... Um, you know, Rady, no doubt the Corker was the better meeting. But uh, Rose Hill, look, I love the Sydney racing. And um, uh, there were, when the track's playing like that, punters, you know, get a chance to, to win <laughs> um, if, if every horse gets their chance. And that's what was happening in, in, at Rose Hill. And um, the cream rose to the top in the last couple of races at Caulfield, didn't it, with uh, the Snowden, uh, I suppose, um, informed mares, revolutionary miss and Gennady helping punters get out in the last couple of races. As you mentioned, the, the forgive foal is almost at record levels out of Saturday, but are there one or two um, that had the flashing light that you say, look, just don't even worry about what occurred on Saturday. We might be able to get value next time you go to the races. Yeah, well, certainly horses like, uh, like Jigsaw in that last race you referenced to the Gennady race. Lord of Sion was well-liked uh, in that last race, but uh, found to be lame. Um, I'm not convinced uh, Wollombi uh, was in the best part of the track ever uh, at all by race nine. She ran OK, almost forgivable. Mura Master touched on her and um, obviously Vound Claire. But just, there's not, more upside, not much upside in the prep for those. Um, you know, and a few others like Modan who are at the top of the market just didn't handle it, so we have to uh, live to fight another day there. Um, and who are your, your major ones that you were most impressed with over the weekend? Yeah, look, I think it was difficult to miss the win of uh, Younger Lass in WA. I know we haven't had a look at it at Ascot, and, um, but uh, wow, what a visually, what a stunning win from that. It's won 5 of 10 now. 
Um, it was only a benchmark 66, but come home 10.92 last 200, that horse. Clearly the fastest of any horse all day. Obviously, overpass was fabulous as well. Road to speed, won the winner bottom. Um, outside of the WA, I think Mirabelle Rose was probably the winner of the day across the two states, but I wouldn't uh, argue with you if you thought Dragonstone, Legio 10 were, um, given their figures and, and you know what you saw uh, to the eye was, was brilliant. Uh, Gator, outstanding as always. Uh, look forward to catching up with you on Thursday as we count down to uh, Sportsbet Ballarat Cup Day and hopefully we get a, a Ballarat Cup weather-wise like we have today. It's absolutely magnificent. Yeah, stunning today. Look forward to Thursday night and Saturday, of course. Good on you, Gator. David Gately's game plan on Thursday. That was Gator's post-mortem from the weekend.